Okay. Um, another week, another episode of the Itty Bitty Podcast. Um, my guest this week is a longtime friend of mine. Um, so you're in for a good show. Um, he's got an incredible story. Um, it's a, a great comeback story. Um, he's one of the biggest real estate agents in the Ma- in Massachusetts, if not the biggest real estate agent in Massachusetts. Um, they call him the king of real estate. Um, Big Lou Lewis Martins. So, um, he's got, like I said, he's got an awesome story. I've known him for a long time. So it was just really fun to sit down and talk to him. Um, but I've told you guys before, this is not a real estate podcast. This is the itty bitty podcast. It's anything but, and it starts now. Welcome to the itty bitty podcast. It's okay, I vape, right? Yeah, that's fine. We'll just go in on a vape. Okay. So, Lewis Martins. <laughs> Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. We're starting. So, thank you for being here. I know you're a busy guy. I've known you for a long time, so I appreciate you helping me out. Thanks for uh, inviting me, Perry. I yeah. miss you. So, uh, we're going to talk, I mean, we're going to talk about whatever today, but um, we're going to talk a little bit about your story. Um, and so, you're a real estate agent, but like a lot more than that because this isn't really a real estate podcast but um but yeah so i guess let's start with where you're at now so what where what technically is your title right now so i am a real estate broker owner um which is a little different than being an agent because you have to do more testing and more classes to get the broker's designation okay and having a broker's designation means you can open a real estate company and have other agents work for you okay and so right now you've got how many agents working for you? 23. 23. Yeah. And would you say you're pretty big in the state of Massachusetts as far as real estate goes? As far as real estate goes, I'm kind of a big deal now. <laughs> um, right now I'm in the top 100 salespeople in Massachusetts and there's probably close to 50,000 real estate agents. I'm in the top 100 Okay. for sales. So... Uh, what I guess what sets you apart? What um, what gets you to be in that that class that category? Um, really, just a lot of hard work, a lot of motivation, determination, and goals that I want to crush, um, and just not being able to uh, go backwards in life. Okay. Um, you've known me for a long time. Mm-hmm. You met me before I crashed and burned, and you <laughs> met me. You know me after I, I've risen from the dead. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, I just never want to go back to that place again. So that's what motivates me. Like I don't want to wake up poor, or homeless, or hungry. So I guess that's a good place to start. Then, so let's start with. So we start. We've got. We've got now. Let's go back to before. So I also gave you the good headphones, by the way. I don't give the good headphones to any guests. I appreciate so. that. I have a big head, so <laughs> you got to give me the good headphone. The, um, yeah, headphones. So started real estate in 2000. Just I got to 
ask you to just hold it just in one spot there. Okay. You so started real estate in 2000. Okay. Um, for a young kid that started out, I did pretty good. But being a young kid, I wasn't very mature, as you know. <laughs> um, there was a lot of things that I could have done differently. There's a lot of ways I could have spent my money differently. And I probably was the only person in real estate that lived paycheck to paycheck but the checks were bigger. Right. So it's just, you know, blowing through money quickly on things that didn't matter. And then. I mean, was it fun stuff? Oh, a lot of fun stuff. Like, we didn't wait in lines at any clubs. <laughs> we had VIP everywhere we went. I do kind of remember those days. Yeah. So uh, we even get into the clubs after they were closed. Right. Remember, you remember those days? Yeah. <laughs> um, but. What about toys? Like, I mean, I've had Hummers, I've had Escalades, Mustangs. I've Just had boss, boss shit, right? Cars, houses, vacations, whatever I wanted to do, I just did. Okay. And didn't think about tomorrow or how much money I got left or anything like that. I just lived on a whim, I guess, you know? So there's a lesson there. Of course. <laughs> you know, spend your money wisely. You have a lot of it. You have a lot of friends, too. And then when the market crashed, I found out where my friends really were. Okay. You know, it was my mom and my grandma. Those are my friends. Right. My real friends. Well, you're still my real friend too. But wow, thank you. Because clearly you've been here from the start to the finish. So, um, but like the fake friends, the ones that, you know, when you're 17, you get your first car and all of a sudden everybody wants a ride. Right. You know, you got a good job and uh, everybody wants you to take them out to lunch to celebrate or they want you to take them out to this or pay for that. Like I did a lot of that. Right. And now it's a lot of taking people out. Yeah. Right? Now I just stay to myself. And if I go out, I go out. If I don't doesn't even bother me and i decline a lot of invitations now to go out right because there's always a motive now that you're successful again right um but i wasn't ready for a real estate crash in 2008 okay um so 2000 you're starting out 2008 the market yeah. crashes 2008 market crashed and you had no savings i had no savings i was a guy that made 150,000 plus a year with no savings okay uh no money in retirement account um no backup plan to what to do next when nobody was buying houses. Right. Um, which kind of put me in a depression. And as you know, I was going through a breakup. Mm -hmm. So that added on to the breakup and um, losing my house to foreclosure, which as a real estate agent, probably the most embarrassing thing for me was losing my own house. Right. And not being able to save myself. Right. Um, which helped spin my business years later because I got into the habit of just helping other people. Um, people in the same situation that I was in, people that didn't know how to handle that situation. I learned how to handle it the hard way. Right. Just by going through it. Um, so I was able to help others stop that process, stop being foreclosed on, stop losing their houses, stop um, just basically, they stop their life when, when that happens. You know, people that in that situation, they stop opening their mail. Right. They don't see the court notices or the foreclosure dates or the auction dates and things like that. And um, they just get so overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. So their only choice in their mind is just wait it out. And when it happens, they'll figure it out then. Right. You know, now I, I step in with the, well, we're going to give you a plan on how to combat this. Even if we can just buy you more time, we could at least get you know, the time to save some more money to where you're going to go next, maybe right. negotiate with the bank to give you a relocation fee. So that way you're not, you know, trying to come out of pocket for first, last and security will make the bank pay for that. Right. Um, but 
you know, we do a lot of rentals and we help those people also with credit repair because who wants to be stuck renting for the rest of your life? Right. You know, you just recently bought a house a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And isn't it great to be able to stay up as late as you're not, make as much noise as you're not, <laughs> and not have a landlord tell you when to go to it's, sleep? It's pretty nice. Yeah, right. nobody really tells us what to do. So my whole thing is helping people attain that, attain that um, independence through home ownership. And not everybody's meant to be a homeowner, but there's ways to own property without all the responsibility. Right. You know, you can hire a property manager for your the house that you live in. Right. You know, you buy a triple decker. Why not get a property manager? Right. Somebody to cut your lawn, somebody to change the nice. light bulbs on the outside and things like that. Those are all things that we can help people set up. So that way you can still buy a good investment property, live pretty much rent-free in that investment property, um, and then be able to live a more fruitful life. Because you know if you're not really paying to live anywhere, that money's going on to your bank account. And right. Maybe you can reinvest that money somewhere else in stocks or whatever it is that your hobbies that you like to do or your side gig, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but I feel like people just live too much in the now. They don't think about the later. Going forward. So right. market crashes, you're broke. Does Do things immediately turn around? Or is there like, is there a time period in between where you're, you know, you know, getting yourself together? What's that like? So I was depressed for a very long time, um, maybe just over a year. Um, I drank too much. As you know. Yeah, as we all do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I ended up breaking my leg one day on a drunken stupor. I was going to say that you had that gnarly injury. Yeah, broke my leg uh, Friday the 13th, 2009. Mm-hmm. It was actually a Thursday night at midnight, but it had just struck 12 and one second, and I broke my leg. So Ooh. technically it was Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, which, that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. So... Um, and the reason I say that is because had it not happened, I would just kept going through my depression. I would have still been doing the crazy things that I was doing. Um, and I probably wouldn't have got anything back together. Right. So the broken leg kind of um, immobilizes me. It was gnarly, too. I remember the pictures of it. Yeah. I, I remember mean, going into Boston with you to either pick you up or take you there or something like that or bring you something. Um, and I just remember you showed me the pictures and it was pretty, pretty nasty. And yeah. that was a long time, too, right? It wasn't like leg broken like recovery you had to go back and forth for different surgeries right yeah so december 2009 was the first surgery and i stayed in the hospital i want to say 10 days and that was at a good sam in brockton and uh they did a good job for what it was at the time i should have probably just went into boston right away but we love convenience, so it was five minutes down the street, so right. I'd rather just go five minutes than sit in traffic, yeah. which I should have just sat in traffic that day. <laughs> um, that surgery caused an infection in my leg. So February of 2010, uh, I went back in to clean the infection, and I was probably there for a week. And then May of 2010, uh, I want to say we went to go see Hangover, and that's when it happened again. Mm. Do you remember that? Legacy's place with Jameson and Dominic and them? Probably. So we went to go see, I want to say it was Hangover oh, 2 yeah, or yeah, 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we I do remember that now. went to the theaters and um, my legs started acting up. It just felt weird. Mm-hmm. And then it kept progressing throughout the movie to the point where I, I, we left and I went to the hospital again. And the infection came back uh, due to the uh, metal that was in my leg. Mm. So they had to remove it. 
Uh, it wasn't healing right, so they rebroke it. Uh, I was in the hospital that time, 63 days from, I missed Memorial Day weekend and 4th right. of July, and you guys were in Palmer, and I was in the hospital right. that year. Um, so I, was, I had three more procedures on my leg. And then uh, they discharged me, I want to say July 6th or 7th, and uh, I thought everything was fine. Right. You know, I had the walking boot, boot on for maybe three or four months, <clears throat> did my visits, did all the treatments. I was in the hospital daily getting the treatments after I was discharged, after the 60-something days. Um, and then from there, you know, everything was great. I was walking in. I even went to football practice to test out my leg and everything was good and then fast forward a year pretty much to the same exact date uh infection came back again mm. so now i have a wound vac on my leg and they had to do some three more procedures on my leg to uh rectify that and uh what is it 2000, 2011 so i was there again basically memorial day to the fourth of july missed palmer again two years <laughs> in a row and now we don't even have a palmer dominic <laughs> so they at the end of that last three so i had nine total surgeries by this point just over two years you know went back into rehab to strengthen the leg did my follow-up visits i want to say right around the last week of august right before labor day they took the walking boot off and told me i was good to go okay and uh pretty much been fine with my leg ever since thank god uh no from issues. there is you know had some time to dwell in the hospital, you know, 60 something days by yourself. Right. We'll do a lot to you. And I did have people come visit me. My girlfriend came to visit. Um, uh, my mom came down a few times. Um, that might've been friends. when we came up. I think yeah. that might've been, cause I think I remember like it was a long time into you having an issue with your leg. And I remember coming into Boston for right. that might've been during that 60 days. But that was crazy. And for anybody listening, thinking that this is probably, oh, it's just an infection, a staph wound or something. They actually wanted to amputate my leg. That's what I was just about to ask. Like, yeah. was it, uh, was it, were you going to lose the leg? Brockton wanted to amputate my leg. And that was the day I just ripped all the IVs out of my arm. And I drove to Boston Medical mm. Center in Boston with the pajamas that I was wearing in the hospital. <laughs> and I walked right in. I said, I'm sick. I know what's wrong with me. Somebody needs to help me. They admitted me. And I didn't see anybody for, you know, two and a half months. Wow. Um, so I got a lot of time to dwell. You know, like I said, you see your real friends. Because I saw my real friends that showed up in the hospital those days. Like you and Marlon and Hawaii came through. And you know what I mean? Right. Like, well, Hawaii came because I drove him. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Hawaii. Um, he had to come. <laughs> but, you know, this, this the people that you surround yourself with. Sometimes people surround themselves with too many people. Right, you gotta keep your circle small. You know, now my circle is like tiny. Yeah. So, know? legs better, back on your feet, back in the real estate game, everything's... No. No? No. Nothing's copacetic so, yet? in the time that I got depressed, broke my leg, in the two and a half years of surgeries, uh, my license expired. Okay. Because it was one of those things where you either chose to eat Right. And pay your bills and rent and car payment or renew your license and pay an MLS fee and this fee when I knew I wasn't going to be doing real estate in that time frame until I could walk. Right. How could I show a house if I can't walk them down the stairs? Yeah, exactly. You know, what kind of agent would that be? Right. And were uh, you able to drive? I was, but wasn't supposed to. Okay. You know, because I had the full cast on my left leg 
you know, going into a car with crutches and a full body cast, basically. <laughs> they tell you not to drive, but what but, am I supposed to do? Right. I have no other option but right. to drive. Um, so no license. Now I'm sitting there like, okay, how do I get this back? I need money. Right. So I left the hospital. Like I said, the day I left the hospital, I went to look for a job. I didn't wait a day or two to relax or recover. As soon as I got off the highway, I stopped at the first place that I knew I could get a job, and that was at Chili's. I was, just, <laughs> I was just about to say, I was like, I, as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, we both, because I worked at Chili's too for a long time. I think I was already at Chili's, and I had already moved to California at that point, and I was working at Chili's out in California, but yeah, the yeah. Chili's baby Chili's baby back <laughs> I had a lot of fun working at Chili's, though. Chili's was awesome to work at. Yeah. I and honestly, at- life was so much easier when I worked at Chili's. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you lived on a fixed income, and work, you knew what party, you had to work. spend. <laughs> exactly. You got out of work at 11 o'clock, you're at, you're at the bar or a club or whatever, and and everybody but in the restaurant industry is fun. Everybody's just everybody like, in the restaurant industry yeah. industry is you fun. You meet a couple people that aren't fun, but for the most part, maybe one out of a hundred just yeah. sucks. Yeah. But for the most part, the waitresses are all awesome. The cooks, the management, except for maybe one or two. But and if you don't know this, tip tip your tip your and waiter and waitresses. Otherwise, <laughs> especially you're a in Massachusetts because they don't make they make, they make two dollars like, and like sixty cents yeah. an hour. So those people that want the convenience of not cooking and cleaning right. after themselves, tip. Your waiter and waitresses, yeah. you scumbag. That's the itty bitty podcast PSA yeah. for the day. That's it. <laughs> so you're at yeah. Chili's. Back to the story. You're, you're at Chili's. You're. So you're I basically went to Chili's and I begged for a job. Okay. They weren't going to hire me. Okay. Did you um, have any experience in uh, like? Restaurant? I worked at Chili's when I was eighteen. You're eighteen. So, so I like said a, to myself, I was like, "Well, how much different can the menu be? Right. I can make a blossom. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't even sell blossoms anymore. No more blossoms. Yeah. <laughs> It's like kitchen of the future or something that they do now. Yeah. So I went to Chili's and I, I looked at the guy, Tony, and uh, shout out to Tony for giving me the opportunity and chance to uh, get that job because uh, it basically set the uh, rest of the story right. for where we are today. So you saved money, got your license. Um, I, told, I told the guy, I said, listen, I know how the business works. You're hiring. You need somebody to work. You need to keep your costs down. I was like, give me minimum wage. I was like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I was like, I worked in a restaurant before. I love to cook, and, and I'm a hard worker. So he hired me right on the spot. I started two days later, got my uniform, my training in. I cooked on the fryer later there. I've done the grill there. I've done salad nacho over there. Um, I even um, barbacked, cleaning tables. I did some dishes when the dishwashers called out. I literally did whatever the guy wanted to for $10 an hour right. when everybody else was getting paid 13 or 14 Right didn't ask for a raise i just did my 40 hours every week covered any shift they wanted to cover um basically worked i'd work a monday double close at 12 get home by 1 30 in the morning and then get there on tuesday morning at 8 a.m to unload the trucks right so that was, was the worker that i was for them right um i was there for maybe eight months total okay um in between that time that i was working there i got a second job which a lot of people today don't understand that concept of just getting a second job if you need money. Right. You could either get a second job and inflate your bank account or you can binge watch seasons of whatever the hell people watch because I don't even understand why <laughs> people waste their time with TV anymore. And I used to be the biggest right. TV person out there. Like I watched every episode of this, that, and the other thing and TV shows and sports talk shows. Now I just DVR everything, right. which I still don't get time to go back to watch. 
but at least I give myself the option if I wanted to watch, right. I could watch. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have a kid, I probably wouldn't have cable because it's a waste of two hundred and forty dollars yeah. a month. Yeah, the amount of time I spend watching TV on average is co- gone significantly down. Like that's like three grand a year people pay for cable. I know I if pay so have, much for, it, but I have to have it all because I like I'm such a I'm into all the comic book stuff and I like I love all that stuff. So I have to it. have it. I know I do. So I stream it all, but I well cable we have because we live in in Washington this. and we got to have the NFL package. If you pay, let's just say it's two hundred dollars a month. Right. All right. So you're somebody spending twenty four hundred dollars a year to watch television <laughs> to have 500 channels right. and they maybe watch five of those channels right because how much hours in the day you can possibly watch 500 channels right you know what i'm saying yeah so 2500 dollars a year five years just to say that's twelve thousand five hundred dollars it's a lot of money right so in five years if you didn't watch cable you would have twelve thousand five hundred dollars if you put it away and save it right and you tell me hey i want to buy a house you may be on a three hundred thousand dollar house and need ten thousand five hundred to buy that house. And you right. just save twelve five. Yeah. So when most people say, "Oh, I can't have a hard time saving money." Cut out cable. Cut out cable. Yeah, you can stream. Then the reason we have cable at this point is because NFL. You know, my wife especially wants to watch the Patriots. So we're in Washington. That's Seattle country. So yeah, they you gotta play, you gotta the, play the game with these companies. I know my wife calls them. She's she's the haggler, man. She calls them and she gets them. But I think once we move, we're gonna get rid of cable. For yeah, sure. that's what you do though. You call Directv. Mm-hmm. You sign up for their gig. It's like forty dollars for the first year, and you get the NFL Network for free and the um, Red Zone for free. Mm-hmm. And then once the contract's up, you go to cable because they'll give you the same thing when you sign up for them as a new customer. And since uh, you haven't been there for two years, you just keep rotating back every two years. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I just want to get rid of cable altogether. <laughs> I hate Comcast. Yeah, I'm. I'm we well, we have CenturyLink because that's one of the only things offered, but Comcast is the other option, and they're not much better. So, but anyway, we just went off on a tangent about Directv. Comcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So I get a second job. Get a second job. What's the second job? Uh, so the second job was at Gillette, at the uh, razor company. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I worked that overnight. So there'll be a lot of days where. Yeah, you were working um, a lot. I forgot how much you were working. Yeah. So like a, thir- a typical Thursday, Friday for me would be going to Chili's at four o'clock for the dinner rush, set up my station, all that crap. Leave uh, Chili's by eleven. Get to Gillette by midnight and do a 12 to 8 overnight, go home, sleep for five hours, six hours, and right. then go about my day till I had to be at work again. And I would repeat that on Thursday and Friday. So those are the only two days I had to work both at the same time. Right. Um, but it stopped me from going out right. and spending the money that I was trying to save to get my license back. So I just literally was on a grind. Um, for a good four months, I did both jobs. Uh, Gillette, I left in January of 2012 because I needed to start my real estate comeback. I needed to get my license back. I need to do the hours. And there's, there's a process once you out for a few years, you have to redo it like you're a brand new person. So I had to do all that. I had to get the money for the licenses and the tests. Still had to pay my car payments. Still had to pay my rent. Um, and at this point, I had found a roommate. I was living with Cass. Okay. Cass Afraz. Shout out to Cass, my roommate. Um, so to keep my costs down, obviously, that's why I had the roommate. 
Um, once I got my real estate license back and I had money saved because I'm really good at saving, um, I, I figured I needed at least three months to save to be able to live and not worry about, oh my God, I'm not getting a paycheck because you know, real estate, there's no weekly paychecks. It's right. You earn what you make and what you All hustle. Yeah. Um, so I quit Chili's in April 2012, right before Cinco de Mayo. And wait, you quit right before Margarita Madness? Well, yeah, that's the worst day to work. Oh you know goodness. that. <laughs> <laughs> All the fake uh, Mexican people come out that day to uh, celebrate. To it's drink, not even a real Mexican to holiday. Drink Corona Ritas and yeah, get yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spend all your money at the bar just to say you celebrated Cinco uh, de Mayo. That's funny. Um, so yeah, I got my um, license back. I quit. I went around to real estate companies. Nobody would hire me, which I thought was ridiculous because they all knew. Is there a reason for that? I don't know. I think uh, it was because the first office I worked at had a bad reputation, mm. but I always did things differently than everybody else. So, try to you know, that just a little bit. It goes, like, yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. you know, but you know, a bad reputation. You know, it's just like one of those girls that you meet, and you know they're hanging out with like seven. You know, <laughs> not outstanding women. I'm not saying all women are like that, but I'm just saying like when you see that one that you know that all your friends have already been with, right? You automatically associate all her friends to be the same. Okay. Right. So I was at a bad an office that had a bad reputation, and that reputation came with me because they thought I was like everybody else, and I was like, right. "That's all right." You know, I can uh, get past that. So I ended up calling uh, a friend of mine, Sam Medina. Um, I actually recruited him to the office that he owns. I was his manager. While I was out on uh, on my injury, he ended up buying the company from my old boss, who's uh, still my attorney, Joseph Grimaldi, if you ever need a legal assistance. And he's like, yeah. I was like, let's go to work. I'm like, you've been out for a few years, you know, and people actually thought I was dead in the real estate community. There's some <laughs> agents that told me, like, oh, somebody told me you passed away. I'm like, no, I'm still here. I attended your candlelight vigil. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went back to work, I, I, I had a plan. Um, I had been playing with social media while I was laying in the hospital for two years. Mm hmm. So I had a pretty good grasp on how to market on social media. I'm just starting to learn all about that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a, a full-time lot. job. But I, I had, <laughs> uh, you know, I had a good amount of time sitting in a hospital bed. Right. Playing on my old uh, Nextel crap, piece of crap. Right. And uh, what well, was the Nextel? It was Metro piece of crap. Um, Metro PCS for all you guys that don't know who that is. Um, so yeah, I was, you know, playing with the social media then. And uh, things just started clicking as to how the world is connected and how we can communicate with each other if we know how to do it properly. Right. Um, so that first year in 2012, I mean, I didn't light the world on fire. I sold four houses, mm. you know, in the last eight months of the year, which it's not bad. Average agent sells eight houses every year. Right. So I did four in eight months, just getting back. Uh, I did all my own everything i didn't have anybody working for me or helping me i did my i used to lick my own envelopes to send out my mailers um peeling off my labels for my postcards i used to handwrite all my envelopes so like you see that stack of envelopes behind you oh yeah so now i pay somebody to write all my envelopes for me <laughs> right? right so we're doing yes. about 500 to a thousand envelopes a week that get handwritten 
um, at least four to six hundred postcards go out every week, if not more. Um, so now I have that girl, Emily uh, Collins, my marketing director. She does that for me. Um, now I have a transaction coordinator because before I would do all my own phone calls, all my own emails, set up my own showings. Um, and people don't realize how much money a real estate agent spends. Right. They just think, oh, you're making this big commission. And no, you got to pay for your like, signs. Yeah, 30% right off the top goes to Uncle Sam. Right. And all, all the right. marketing you got to pay all for All the marketing well. that I do, all the postcards and mail outs and flyers and, and things like that, all have to get paid for somehow. Right. So at the end of the day, I might only keep 25% of that commission that I actually got. Right. You know, so for me, it was how can I get more sales? How can I reach more people? And I really used I used Facebook for that. Uh, a lot of people ask, "What's your secret?" I was like, "I just work hard every day and I grind on Facebook every day." Right. Um. So back to the the first year, uh, I linked up with uh, my mortgage broker, George Santos, Total Mortgage now. Uh, and at the time, he was at some crappy little mortgage company. I saw him all lonely inside there one day, eating his uh. Bag of Skittles. Sorry, George. How much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, was, and I recognized him because he was my sister's, um, my sister's best friend's little brother. Right. And I knew he had done mortgages. I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm just trying to make stuff happen. I'm like, oh, it doesn't you know? Like, you want to work with me? Because at the time, no, no mortgage brokers would even work with me. Right. I would call mortgage brokers and say, hey, I have a plan to make a lot of sales, and in turn, you'll make a lot of money. But I need somebody to work exclusively with me to do what I need them to do. And nobody wanted to take me up on my offer because 99.99999% of mortgage brokers only want to work with you when you're successful. Mm. They don't want to be there in the beginning when you're starting the grind and you're getting ready and you're getting your feet wet or getting your feet back in the business. They all want you when you're already established right. because they want a piece of what you're doing. Yeah. They don't want to work for it. This guy... Literally, he helped me write those envelopes. He helped me lick those envelopes. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. Hose all on me. They all on me. <laughs> uh, we used to, we used to, to share kids. our lunches together. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'd bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a bag of chips. I'd give him half my sandwich and half my chips. Right. Just the two of you working. That's it. That's and we awesome. were in an empty building, a, a big 3,000 square foot building, and we were the only two in the empty room with four desks working. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we put the time in. We did a lot of free stuff for people, um, free credit repair. Um, nice. That's one of the things that he helped me do for myself um, because of my incident that happened and the um, depression that I was going through. I, I had bad credit. Yeah. I probably had the worst credit I've ever seen. <laughs> no, I've had horrible credit. It takes a while a to get back. 420. Ooh, I wasn't that bad. 420. I was in the fives, but still. Yeah, 420. I had a foreclosure from yeah. the two properties I owned. I had a repossession on the Escalade. Um, I had to claim bankruptcy that year. Mm -hmm. I was $875,000 in debt Damn. when you first met me. Damn, I didn't know that. And that shit was scary. Wow. To think about, because I'm one of those people that I don't like to owe anybody a dollar. Right. So I'm like, how am I going to pay all these people back? How am I going to pay these mortgages off? How am I going to, you know what I mean? Like, right. it started to like really screw with my head. And I think that switched the next gear. It was like, I don't ever want to be in that situation where I owe right. any money. And in 2012, my first closing, I actually paid back my old attorney um, some money that I had owed him. And I could have put him on my bankruptcy and wiped that debt clean. But I know I'm going to run into this guy all the time. Right. So after that first closing, I came back like an hour after Sam cut me my check, gave him the money, and I said, I just don't want you to be able to say, oh, 
Lou owes me money. Right. He's still ducking and dodging me, da da da. And it wasn't even the case. But the first check, I could have used that whole, I think it was like, at the time, 180, maybe like 35 to four grand, hmm. 3,500 to $4,000 $4, was my first check when he came back. And uh, I gave him $1,200 out of that check. That's what I owed him. Right. You know? Paid him back. Paid him back. Now, I, I don't owe anybody money except for the mortgages that I have. Um, so here I am. I'm going from house to house to, you know, I was actually, I, didn't, I kept this part out because none of you guys know this. But before I went into my grandparents' house, I was living in, out of the charger. Oh, shit. I yeah, that, no. yeah, nobody knew that. How embarrassing would that be? Right, that my boy Lou that gets MV, uh, you know, the VIP every weekend, this, that, and the other things, living in his car. Right, right. Yeah, you know that wasn't a fun time. That wasn't like a oh hey guys, uh, can I sleep over tonight? Because I don't want to sleep in my car behind right. Kmart anymore. It's good motivation for you. For well, sure. yeah, I mean, I needed that. Right, honestly, like doing that, even though it, it wasn't by choice, but it kind of was because I could have called people. I could have said, hey. Do you mind if I stay with you for a week or two? But my right. pride and my ego got in the way to where I didn't want anybody to help me. I didn't want anything. Right. Um, but eventually, obviously, when I broke my leg, I had to be somewhere. So I was at my grandparents' house for a little bit. Um, they actually kicked me out because I couldn't pay rent, which is funny. So <laughs> <laughs> That's when I ended up on Vine Street. Oh, okay. Right. So when I they actually kicked me out of the of the the safe home that we call it because they've been there since 84 or whatever with no mortgage and it's a six bedroom house and my 96 year old grandfather and 89 year old grandmother living there by themselves i couldn't pay rent so you can't live here that's how we were raised right. like, you have to pay where you, you stay pay your way right you know um so i ended up renting a room off of my um my aunt i sold her, her four family years before and uh I, I rented a room out of their apartment you know, I literally would get my social security check, which was $250 a month that they give you to live off of when you're hurt because it was temporary right. disability. Uh, I got $350 for food stamps a month. So I would sell half my food stamps so I can make rent. Right. And then um, I was just ducking and dodging the repo guy because the charger was about to be taken. Eleanor. They weren't going to take Eleanor. No. Well, <laughs> I actually, funny story, I went, was in Bridgewater sleeping one night, and uh, the repo guy was outside looking for the car. I came flying out with like a broom. I was like, you're not taking this shit today. Not today, buddy. And the guy, he looked at me, and he was just like, if they call you, just say I never came. I said, all right, cool, man. I appreciate you. Hey. I was we like, don't worry. Name. We won't put him on blast. No. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ended up knowing the tow guy. But uh I ended up paying that. My mother borrowed me a loan at that time to pay off uh, the car, so I wouldn't have to worry about the repo guy. Nice. So God bless my mother, and I did pay her back. Because you loved that car. I loved it. Yeah. I should have never got rid of it. Pretty sure you. I think I traded that in for like three grand. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I should have just kept it. You should have. I should. It's like a memento. Probably. You gotta get the VIN number. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like there's been some crazy, crazy things that's happened on this journey, and uh, I got my DUI in that car. You did get your DUI <laughs> in that car. I remember that night. Don't yeah. turn down the street, Perry. Just keep going straight. That was the worst DUI. <laughs> that ever. was the worst ever. We weren't speeding or anything. We was just at the wrong town, the wrong time. I was yeah, and I was like 
not I was like less than a half a mile from the border to Brockton and I would have been good if I had just made it to Brockton if he didn't turn but I turned I'm like I can lose this guy turn down the street he turned going three miles an hour my audience already knows I'm an idiot at this point I mean we're already a few episodes in so they know by this point that I do stupid stuff so yeah I I pull down the street um pull over and i'm like okay we're, we're good here and uh, don't drink and drive obviously i was super young i was like never nine, i was like 19 never so. drink and drive yeah so 19 uh, going into bars yeah you. yeah so i was a degenerate <laughs> D- don't don't follow my example no it's so not worth it honestly it's not worth it <laughs> it's really not um, get an uber especially uber lyft but yeah especially now but, with uber and lyft yeah but back then but i was young and i was that. dumb and, and yeah. so i pulled over and i'm like you know i'll just pull down this side street and cops will forget about me (laughs) so what do we sit there for like two and a half three minutes i'm like all right i'm good to go pull back out onto the main road they were waiting for waiting for me pulled me over and yeah that was it i went to jail that night so that was fun your mom hated me for a little while well yeah but i've i've told her for years i'm like you know i was an adult i was over 18 i made my own decision you know i got in the car i decided to drive and so that was like i mean for me that was a big like turnaround points i'm like i never want to get do that again i never want to be you right. know having to do community service and, and if pain. you look back now it's like if that never happened it could have been worse right right i would have kept drinking and driving and, right and maybe you would have been speeding on a highway drinking and driving. right right so, you know what i mean so yeah, kind of like makes i kind of mature out, yeah. overnight type of deal yeah so um and you were young so i didn't like hammer you down on right. fines or anything like that so right. I mean, it was like $10,000 I think I ended up having to pay. I mean, it's not cheap for a DUI. No. So I think they call it OUI too here. But anyway, um, so let's go. We'll go back to who got sidetracked. So keep the charger. You got to keep the charger. Yeah. But at this point, you're just building your credit back up, paying off yeah. debt, getting back. Yeah. I was told, uh, George said, uh, it's going to take a while to get your credit up. So I was like, all right, cool. What do I got to do? He told me what I had to do. I just, you know, A to Z, put my plan in place. I got to do this, 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 and that, and build the credit up at the same time. It's going to take some time. So got some secured loans that was going to take a couple of years to pay off. So I put up my own money to pay it back, which, you know, it's a big trick to pay off. Uh, we'll build your credit up, guys. Um, it took 16 months to get my credit up. Uh, so in that meantime, I literally just went to work every day. Right. Um, this was 2013 okay. when we started the credit repair. Literally, I think I took maybe 30 days off that year. So like an equivalent of a month right. spread out over the year. Through the whole year. Um, I just worked, grind, didn't matter what day, what time, what holiday. If you wanted to see the house, you needed to meet with me, you needed help, I was meeting with you. Um, 2014, I ended up buying a house uh, so it had been uh, literally six years since I'd owned a house. So it was a long time for, to not have your own. I've right. always had my own. I bought my first house at 21. So, you know, and I've always lived on my own. I've been living on my own since I was 17. Right. So I've never had that, oh, I need a roommate or I need to live somewhere, somebody else's house. I've always had my own place. Um, so I bought my house, three family in Brockton. For those of you out west that don't know what a three family is, it's a multi-family building where Three families could live, one in each apartment. Um, so I had lived on the third floor, and I rented out the first two floors. Um, I literally just moved out of there maybe 10 months ago mm. into my first single-family house. But um, during that time, 
um, when I bought the house, it was a good deal and didn't really need work. A carpenter's house, right? You know, I took uh, not take advantage, but they were getting divorced and losing it, so they short sailed it to me. Mm. So I got a good deal out of a bad situation. Um, and then from there, I just kept grinding. You know, I had my goals. I wanted to have a place like this. You know, I uh, wanted investment properties. I wanted to build my future instead of waiting like I did last time. Right. Um, so I look at it like my three family, that's my retirement house. It doesn't matter what it's worth in 30 years when I decide to stop working. Whatever I sell it for is what I walk away with in my pocket. And you can't do that when you're renting. Right. You know what I mean? You're putting that money into another landlord's pocket and paying their mortgage. Yeah. But if you can't own, that's what you have to do. You have to pay your way. You know, unless you plan on living at your parents' house in the basement forever, hopefully you save some money. Yeah, hopefully you're saving if you're doing right. that. Right. Um, so literally 2016, I would say, is the breakout year for me. Um, sold 110 houses that year. I was going to say, didn't you sell like over 100 houses? 110. Yeah, 110. And that was literally... That was as an agent, right? As an, Well, I'm... I'm so, as far as the agent goes, I've been a broker since 2005. Okay, so you've all- I've just never used my license in that capacity. Okay. So, I've always been always someone's been agent, but I, I can be called a broker right. by, by the community. Okay. Um, so, I just never, because, you know, when you're a broker, you have to carry three different insurances. Right. Uh, a bond. So, I just never did that. Mm-hmm. So, in 2016, I took 11 days off that year. I still have my calendar, anybody can see it. And literally it was two days for my birthday. It was uh, two days for Easter. It was three days for the 4th of July. <laughs> we wanted to get the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not missing it. <laughs> it was two days in uh, September for Labor Day, which is mostly used for fantasy football drafts. Right. And then a day for Thanksgiving and a day for Christmas. Those were my 11 days off in 2016. Didn't go on vacations, didn't do anything except for work eight to eight right? for 355 possible days out of 365. Damn. Um, and legit, it's almost been like that, except for now there's a little bit more traveling involved for work, right? being with Remax. Um, we do a lot of conferences. I've actually spoken at a, a couple of them um, because a lot of people wanted to hear my story of, you know, you're living in your car. Right. Less than seven years ago. No, I mean, somebody might be listening to this. They might be living in their right. car right now. So the biggest thing is, you know, just being able to know that you can do it. Right. People always assume they can't. Well, you know, trying to get out of any situation, if you don't, it's, you can you can either make moves to get out of it or you can you know sit there and blame other people and say that you know so the problem happens. is a lot of people look for excuses not to do it right, right. like oh i can't it's do that hard I, it's hard i have to do this that and that and like so then do right. it yeah. well you already know what you got to do right you just don't want to sacrifice your time because you're going to miss all the barbecues or right. you're not going to be able to make all the weddings well, or the baby showers don't, like i bought a food cart a couple years ago 
and I thought it might be something I would want to do, so I put a bunch of money into it, invested a bunch of time, got it up and running, and then decided it wasn't something that I wanted to do, but I still had that experience, and I spent that time, and I put it in, in and now I can check that off, that I don't want to do that as you know, career But at least you, you tried and you did it. Right, exactly. A lot of people That's don't even saying. have the yeah. balls to try. Exactly, yeah, you got to try. They just want to, oh, well, my mom doesn't feel good. Right. So I have to, my word about her, your dad, your dad can't take care of him. And sorry for the people that don't have the dad around. Right. But you can't be the only person that your adult family members have to rely on. Right. You know what I mean? You kind of have and to like separate yourself. it shouldn't prevent yourself. you from living your life. Right. And doing stuff. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you can make all the, and I know that people are in shitty situations and, you know, trying to work to get out of it, but, and sometimes it, it's hard, but, you know, your stories, so that's why I wanted to talk to you because your stories, you know, it's, it's. You were living in your car. You had. Right. You almost lost your leg. Like, so. Um, yeah, I think that's important to tell that story. So, so. so was you know. Sometimes people are too comfortable. Right. Yeah. In the surroundings, Definitely. and they don't want to mess with that. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, you know, if I do this, then I can't have Thursday night poker nights anymore. Right. Well, that yeah. was me at Chili's. I was super comfortable at Chili's. I had right. been there forever. And you get comfortable. I finally got fired, and I, it was like the best thing that happened to me was getting fired. And you know, so right. it made you uh, it made you like a chameleon. You had to change for your environment. Right. Exactly. You had to do something differently to 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 survive. Yeah. Um, you know, like I didn't like working, you know, Gillette and Chili's. Right. Doing you know seventy five eighty but hours. That was a week. your road to get. This is my last to... paycheck right up there above my desk for from Gillette. Oh, you, and you, you can really see I, I was making like it, but 13 bucks an hour it's right underneath my handicap placard that's awesome yeah there's a handicap placard and the check is right there yeah. right above your desk and for me that's like a reminder of if you slow down or take a day off or take it easy you could end up back there just like that right you never know when it's gonna happen again right you know I'm still not comfortable and I make crazy money yeah but I wake up hungry every morning thinking I don't have anything still. right because just like that can be taken away from you. I had everything back then. Right. You know, two houses, two cars. You know what I'm saying? And the right. next thing you know, I didn't have anything. It's gone, yeah. Yeah. So now you're you're the king of real estate. So I got that nickname in 2002. Okay. Um I was the youngest agent in my office. I was the newest agent really. The year before, I had done like 30-something transactions. They, oh, you know, he's new. It's just beginner's luck. And then that year, I sold 55 houses on my own, not knowing what I was doing. No GPS. You had to print out MapQuest directions back then. No apps to help you. No electronic signatures. You know what I mean? So now, for me, it's easier. So that's why I'm still crushing it because I'm just good at what I do. No, Not trying to humble brag, I guess you call that. Um but I forgot where we were going with this. <laughs> um, no, just I'm just basically I asked you if like now you're the king of real estate, but you were oh, you, so you were you were always the king of real estate. You just kind of got back. So one, to one month uh, that year it was July. Um, I sold twenty houses in one month, mm. which is like insane, right? To put that many deals together, and then uh, my old mentor Gary Knoyer, he's like, "Yeah, oh, you're like the king of real estate." And I was like, oh, that sounds good. So me being, I think I was 24, 25 at the time, um, I designed a logo back then that I didn't really use or think to like brand myself. Right. And if I was smarter, I could have killed it on MySpace, but 
the games were just so much fun. Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. We, Facebook had games would be the ultimate. <laughs> <I> <laughs> and think not Facebook Candy Crush either. Games. I think they do have games, but I don't. I'm uh, talking about like the Build Your Race Car game. That thing uh, was, I forget yeah. what the name of that was called. I think we talked about MySpace on a podcast a, a couple of weeks ago, but um, yeah, we were talking about Tom, MySpace, Tom. MySpace <laughs> was the uh, the originator. Yeah. That was the social media before anybody knew what social come media. Back. Like I'm surprised they haven't re because it it's was like a channel now for musicians to put their music right, on now. Right. Which I thought that's what YouTube was for, but yeah. Well, I mean, I remember that was where you would put your playlist, but you put everything there. So you put like your top friends, your playlist, right? And you. So I'm surprised. I'm just surprised it right. hasn't come back in some format, like the original social media, and nobody even knew what we had until it was yeah. too late. Well, everybody's like foresight. Foresight. Well, on as far as like the internet and stuff goes it's, i mean it's, it comes out and you got to imagine that technology is going to move forward so for me i mean i work in in uh technology right now with with cell phones and it's it's like people fighting technology all the time like i deal with it all the time like i don't want i don't want to go in to a new phone because it's different or i don't right. and it's like well, I'll be honest with you, that was me too for a little bit. Right. So in 2012, when I got back to real estate, I had my little piece of crap Metro PCS phone, mm. the flip phone with the green that snake for right, the game. Right. Snake was snake, the main game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't upgrade until 2015 out of that phone. I had that phone for five years. Because <laughs> one, it was like 10 bucks to buy. My plan was $30, and my whole thing was trying to keep my costs at a minimum. Right. You know, I had no idea what an app was. I thought it was like some dessert or food that you eat. Right. You know, my cousin's like, you need the apps. You need the apps. I'm like, I have my own kitchen. I right. need no apps. I can make my own food. I had no, no clue what he was talking about with apps. Right. So then uh, my first actual real like phone, I want to say, was like the, the original Android, uh, Galaxy Android, mm. the first one. And I had that for like a good three or four years. I think I got the S4 three years after it came out in 2016. Right. And then uh, I literally just got the S10 maybe a month ago. Yeah. And I think that's been out for over a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not into big like, oh, I have to get the new phone as soon as it comes out. Well, as far as, I mean, you don't need to get the new phone every time it comes out, but as far as like- My cousin does, Edelino Miranda. I get, I mean, I upgrade every two years, like once my upgrades are available. But like, as far as- the technology goes just being like open to new technology is i see it's hard to get people into new technology but just like you know the vcr dvr or not sorry dvd um blu-ray all that stuff like it evolves and now we barely everything's digital nobody even wants like i don't want a stack of dvds in my house i want to get rid of dvds you know right it's it's, it's not something i should I have want. sold mine when i had the chance they're in my right. mom's basement right now she's right. like when are you gonna get rid of these dvds and vhs tapes it's, you can't get rid of them people don't want them it's like it's junk now um right. so so 2016, 2016 did 110 sales 110 sales so crushing it part of my uh goals at the time I, I put the goals of how much money i wanted to make how many houses i wanted to sell um property that i wanted to own things like that like every all those type of goals like even like how much time i want to take off and how much vacations i want to go on eventually um right. those are all goals and people don't realize you going on a vacation at a spur of a moment is probably the most irresponsible thing you can do right but if you plan for it you know, what's the difference if you go to Bermuda in uh, October or February? Right. You know, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and like, hey, let's go to Bermuda next week. Right. You know, you plan for it. So put that as part of your goals. So do you, I do my goals every um, November for the next year. Okay. Um, based on what I did the, the previous year. 
Um, so let's say the 2019, I think I've already gone on five or six trips this year. Okay. Been to Vegas, uh, Texas, Fort Lauderdale. Um, had a camping weekend in New Hampshire a couple weeks ago. going to come out to Washington? Soon. Got to come out before I move back. I'm going to be moving back to Massachusetts at some point. <laughs> hey, that's, that's true. <laughs> true. Um, I went to uh, whitewater rafting in Maine last weekend on the Kennebec River. Dope. Um, this weekend, that's always fun. Yeah, this weekend on Saturday I leave to Chicago Nice for five days. So you set your goals. So as part of like when you're setting your goals in November, you're like, I want to take x amount of vacations and days off you set that set time smash to visit repeat. family and things like that just, just set smash repeat yeah that's <laughs> it and then the rest of the time i'm just grinding right um so 2016 110 sales i wanted to open up my own real estate company because i thought it was time i was outgrowing the place that i lived i worked at okay um my old boss didn't see the same vision i i wanted to stay with him Right. You know what I mean? I was looking for places for him to grow and get bigger because I didn't want the whole management part of this business and taking, you know, you know, training and taking care of other agents. Right. Um, not because I'm not good at it. It just takes away time from, you know, I could train you for two hours or I can go sit on the beach. Right. I choose to train the person for two hours now. Right. You know, I could go home by five o'clock every day or earlier. I choose to stay here in case anybody needs help writing contracts, reviewing contracts, things like that. Right. You know what I mean? So I put the extra time in here where I would say nine out of 10 brokers, you'll never see them in their office. Right. They're just too busy. And I hope I don't get like in trouble for this, but they're too busy. Uh, part of my, my favorite part of like your social media game is when you are throwing shade and like, cause you are not afraid to call people out. So no, you gotta keep them accountable. <laughs> people mess up. You gotta keep them accountable. Yeah. It's the same thing. If uh, you go to Chili's and there's a, a mosquito in your food, yeah, you usually take a picture and post it. And they don't eat at Chili's. Right. They have bugs in their food. Right. There's no different. Right. You know, you're still going to hurt their business just like you're going to hurt that mortgage broker that can't close the loans business. Right. I can't say any names because I could be uh, sued, but there's a lot of bad mortgage brokers out there. Just try to stay away from online companies, people. That's the best tip I can give you when buying a house. Go to meet somebody face-to-face and sit down with them. That way you know where they sleep at night. You know where they work. If you have an issue with your loan, you can go to their office, and you're not trying to call somebody that works out of India to help you with your loan. Yeah. Um, Which... That's just, and that's the way real estate they're trying to head it right. to. They're trying to head it to, you know, Amazon bought Realogy and uh, they want to take real estate agents out and make everything digitalized. Automated. You know? Yeah. But what kind of service are you going to get? Right. I feel like if you that's have to pay hard, somebody to work with you. Right. I feel like that's a hard service to automate, though. It definitely is. Like, they're trying to do it with cars where you just go right. online and pick your car. Right. You know what I mean? But people still want face to face interaction, they want to do the test drive. Same thing with houses. Right. They want to meet me to see if they would want to work with me. And a lot of people, for some reason, whatever it is, they don't want to work with me. I don't know. I couldn't explain to you why. Maybe we just didn't click. Maybe they didn't like something I said. Maybe they didn't think I was funny. Maybe they just don't like the way I look. Right. You know, I lose a lot of business just just because. I couldn't even tell you why. Right. But I look at it like if I wanted the best doctor in the world to treat me, I don't care what he looks like. Right. I don't care how dumb his jokes are. You know what I mean? Right. I want the best. Right. You know, I'm the best real estate agent. It does, I'm sorry to all the other agents out there that maybe sell more volume as far as, you know, I think uh, like right now this year I'm at 30 million in sales, which right. is crazy. But there might be that agent there that does 70 million in sales. Right. But they sell all $10 million properties. So only, he only sold seven houses that year. Right. 
I always say if I grew up rich, I'd be doing 400 million in sales. You know, I don't know rich people. Right. I know people like me. Right. People that work hard, people that hustle, people that make their money. Just trying to and they're just hustle. trying to survive. Those other agents that are doing their, you know, 10 deals for 60 million, right. they would never survive in Brockton because they don't know how to sell. They just know rich people. They were fortunate to grow up in a nice neighborhood. And so now that you're, you know, your real estate game is back, you're going strong, you do a lot for the community that you live in too, right? Yes. So what type of stuff are you doing as far as that goes? So we just did the uh, Cape Verdean Festival this past Sunday. Okay. Um, I think explain, I uh, explain because I know that- Nobody out there knows what a Cape Verdean nobody is. Nobody knows what a Cape Verdean is. So Cape Verde is an island off the west coast of Africa, the south coast of Portugal. It was a Portuguese island inhabited by Portugal. Um, so back in the day when Christopher Columbus was coming to discover the America, um, Cape Verde was a, uh, a, a place they would stop and they would actually buy slaves there. Um, so I don't know if, how many Cape Verdeans were here in 1492, right. but a lot of the African slaves came over um, on those boats and were picked up from Cape Verde. Um, and Cape Verde got their independence in 1973. Okay. So it's a very newly free country. Um, I want to say our population is just over 2 million maybe total worldwide. Because uh, you have a lot of Cape Verdeans in Africa and in, in, in Europe. Okay. And then, of course, in the United States, mostly in Brockton, you'll right. find the Cape Verdeans. No, if you go west coast, people do not know Cape Verdeans. Well, I have an uncle who lives in Sacramento, so... Yeah. He's making the grounds out there. I met a couple people that, that, that do, but most of them are from the East Coast. <laughs> right, right. But, like yeah. he was from here and then moved right. My sister has a house in Sacramento. Right. Traveling nurse. Um, but this past Sunday we did the uh, Cape Verdean Festival is to uh, commemorate and honor the Cape Verdeans from the past. And, you know, people can try the foods that they, that they have. Uh, we have a lot of Cape Verdean stores in this town. Um, so I bought a ton of stuff to give away just so I can get my name out there in the community. Right. Um, we did like tattoos for the kids, uh, sunglasses, frisbees, backpacks, uh, water coolers, um, raffled off Red Sox tickets for free. Nice. Um, but then we also talked to the people. It's not about making a sale, but talking to the people in the community right. to see what, um, what could be better. Right. Um, I also part of, uh, Jimmy Pereira's campaign to run for mayor. Um, cause I believe he is going to be the best, um, choice for Brockton. Um, we also do like random pride day, which is another town, a couple of towns over from us. We sponsor the event. Uh, we usually get the Remax balloon there so the kids can take a free ride in the balloon. Um, I donate to like the Brockton, uh, youth, uh, basketball leagues, um, doing pop Warner this year. I've done the baseball teams. Um, so a lot of times time isn't my best friend so I don't really I can't really get out there as much as I want to to do the events um, so I give money right you know they need money for jerseys and things like that and water um, recently one of the uh, agents in my office um, he just started doing uh, basketball camps for the kids nice so he sponsors that all available lopes giving you a little shout out at Remax Energy um, he's been doing a lot more and um, I think you know if you're gonna live here you might as well be more involved where you live. You right. can't just take your money and then go hide in your house and not care about where you live. You know, the better you can make where you live, obviously the better the place is going to be where you're living. Right. You know? Um, so we do a lot of that stuff and donate. Um, I think we just dropped off 
crayons and coloring books for the children's um, for the uh, uh, drawing a blank right now. Um, so it was this guy Manny that passed away recently. You know Brockton Hub. I got off the Brockton Hub. It was too. It's just, just too much. Dude, I get to my day. I, I, my day goes by so much smoother when I can read some of this craziness. That I goes was, on there. I was on it for a while because I'm, I'm on the the West Coast, and it, you know, I was like, oh, this keeps me, you know, kind of connected to my city, and because I still got a lot of love for Brockton, even though I live across the country. Um, but it, it was just too much, man. You got to Brockton Hub if you're listening. Why are you guys all so negative to each other? It's just like, <laughs> be nice to each it's other. Like, Jesus. You'll say it's hot today and you, there'll be an argument. No, yeah. it's not hot. Yeah, it's like, why? Like, you have it's so not that hot. Time. Yeah, Stop so I complaining. Had, I had to get off. I might go back at some point, but like maybe when I move back. But they were looking but. for crayons and coloring books right. for the kids at the um, children's hospital. So we got them a bunch of stuff nice. that they needed. Um, then we do like the winter drive where we get the sweaters and blankets for the homeless. Um, some of these guys will actually be at the uh, food shelter helping with the food pantry during the Thanksgiving. Nice. Um, we also do the toys for kids during Christmas time. So as you go out and spend like a thousand bucks on just toys yeah. and just load up. That's my, my favorite time. Like, yeah. to, to, yeah. like getting but kids to, you know, I, the worst I do thing jackets growing up, and toys. Like you grew up like me poor. Right. 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 The best part of Christmas was when Globe Santa dropped off that big box. Right. And for those who know what Globe Santa is, you do not know the struggle. Right? <laughs> Loved it. And I'd be pissed if I didn't get more right. than one football because, you know, when you have eight brothers and one sister, right. one football is hard to share. Yeah. You know, so. so. Yeah, that's my <laughs> so it's, I'm glad that you guys are doing a lot of good things. Yeah. So we try to um, make the kids, you know, and it's, it's a tax deduction. Right. So, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, these kids joy is more than right. and you don't have to do it i mean it's a yeah i don't have to but you don't have to do it you right know? so i don't have to it's but just, it's, it's good to do that stuff it's right. like nobody ever did that stuff when i was growing up right you know what i mean so it's like give back to the community help the community out and just live a happy peaceful life um so before we start to wrap it up we'll probably get wrapped up here shortly but i i don't know if you can answer this or not i don't want to get you in any trouble or anything like that but so I was at the gym this morning, story popped up, um, medical marijuana in Massachusetts, um, as far as real estate goes. So there's going to be obviously a big boom with the retailers and recreational shops, but they're also talking about cannabis cafes and all that stuff. Do you think, I mean, a lot of people are on the fence as far as what it's going to bring to the state of Massachusetts. I live in Washington where it's legal it's i mean there's no issues with it it's it's booming it's making the the communities a lot of money so as far as from a real estate standpoint like what do you um are you able to talk about that or not yeah i mean it's like what we talked about earlier people right. are scared of change right do you really think crime is going to increase by making no. something legal no you know if it's legal and more monitored Right. It's a lot less, less sketchy than going to meet somebody in their car or right. their home. Yo, give like, me that usually fake, they have a Give me the fake handshake and put the right. weed in my hand. Right. And usually <laughs> they have like if they're a real drug dealer, they have a gun, so it's like right. it's usually sketchy. So right. uh, for me, you know, I like safer to be able to, for yeah, people with exactly. the shops. And my brother my older brother, um, he actually I didn't meet him until junior year in high school. He lived in in Rotterdam, Holland. Okay. Um and he'll tell you that on Holland, you can look this up, lowest crime rate in the world, and almost every drug is legal. Yeah. 
because nobody has to you know steal and and kill people for right. it. Right. You can go to the store and buy exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you know I mean, mean you war on drugs. You know, and I'm not saying let's make cracking uh, and heroin <laughs> legal so people can just feel free to right. to shoot up. Right. But it's statistically proven that yeah, I mean, you legalize it. Like look what happened when they legalized alcohol. Not that we were alive back then, right. but prohibition. There was yeah. a big the thing going on. Over. Same right. thing with the cartel right now. I mean, the right. cartel's in power because of the war on drugs because drugs are illegal and it's just right. a big. So yeah, I got that. Um, but it would be nice to be able to go into like a coffee shop and hit, hit a little hookah of some THC right. and have a donut and a coffee afterwards right. and read your note newspaper. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with that? I mean, there's bars. You can go into a bar and drink and then right. head out at two o'clock in the afternoon. And and I think uh, I'd feel much safer if everybody was smoking weed. Yeah. And driving sure. while high, as crazy as that might sound, right? than drinking drunk. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And 100%. people do that. 99% of the time. Right. Nobody's going to tell me, oh, every time I go out, I get an Uber or a designated driver. Right. You know, our designated driver has never worked out. No. Hawaii, you're the worst designated driver. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was always, and then my car was a stick, so that only certain people could drive my yeah, car. So exactly. that was always fun. But yeah, definitely, we'll, we'll touch back on that, but definitely get a designated driver when you're out drinking. Um, but do you think it's, as far as like real estate goes, that's got to affect the real good, estate? Uh, that's got to be huge. Well, the thing is, you're always going to have people in the community that don't want it because they're scared right. of it, right? But they don't realize it's bringing more tax revenue to the city right? to help build more roads and schools and things like that. And they should tax it higher. Yeah. You know, because they're making a buttload of money off of it. Yeah. You know? I live in a town where uh, it's legal. Um, it's like there's been, it's, when we first moved here, there was one shop. Um, and so I would go to that shop. And now there's like six or seven shops throughout the whole the whole city town um but there's a big logging facility in that town and it closed down and they were trying to decide what they were going to do and one of the things that they were thinking was bringing in like a marijuana distribution center and one of the reasons that they gave for not bringing it in was um it might make it smell like weed downtown a little bit and it's like that's bringing in jobs like all these people just lost their jobs do you think they care if the town smells a little bit like weed which it wouldn't it's you know it's it's not going to just smell like a, a cypress hill concert uh, downtown you live you in know? like a farmland area yeah i live in uh, east bumfuck <laughs> <laughs> so they'd rather have the cow poop smell over the weed smell yeah That's i mean crazy. but it's it's starting to i mean like i said when i first lived lived there there was one shop now there's like seven so it's the town is starting to see the benefits of having it because it brings in a lot of money like the first shop that moved in their first year I think they pulled in like three million dollars or something like that. So, it's it's and that was the first year that they were open. So nice. It's, it's only three million right now. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is, I don't like to see happen, which is going to most likely happen, is they're going to limit how many shops, which I think is illegal, but not really the way they were explaining it to me, because you're telling me only Perry can open up a marijuana right. shop and I can't. Why? It's supposed to be a lottery. Like that's how the mo that's I think that's how they did it in Washington. Yeah, but if I want to open a convenience store, I can just open a convenience store. Right. I don't need a lottery for that. Yeah, it's kind of silly. If I want to open up pretty much any business except for would it be like alcohol, the same as like, like a, a liquor, liquor store? Like a liquor store? True. They're gonna give out a certain amount of licenses for it. Is that kind of? But I feel like it's gonna be geared to towards the people that are in the know, right? And their friends already, and they, yeah. oh yeah, you know, you want to shop or just give me uh, you know ten grand, and, right? Uh, you can have a shop. I'll is that something you would ever list. get into? Would you ever buy 
I mean, a shop as a real estate investment. Do monkeys sell bananas? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's yeah, good point. Um, do so. The last thing before we finish wrapping it up, uh, you touched on it a little bit, but we've talked about the real estate. We've talked about your comeback, um, but you also play football. So we retired talk a little now. bit about well yeah if retired but so I played semi pro for since nineteen ninety seven. Since ninety seven. Um and you know, football's when did you retire? Last year was my last year last playing year was football. Your last year. Um It's weird when you finish. Yeah. Well I'm I finished a, a long time ago. I'm, I'm having a procedure done in a couple of weeks which is gonna stop me from playing football mm-hmm. ever again. What but I'm in my four I'm forty one now, so right. it's time to hang it up. Yeah. Um but you meet a lot of good people and a lot of the relationships that I built have lasted pretty much. I'm still friends with one of the guys that I played football with in 1997. Right. You know, Jay Callahan, electrician, if you ever need one in Massachusetts. Um, but yeah, we've literally seen each other grow, go through the good times, the bad times. I don't know how many times he's been married in that time, but I've known every single one of his girlfriends that he's gone with and, and broken up with you know what i mean right um Stay tight with people but um and those those guys in the semi-pro world they're all great guys for the most part um where did who'd you play for so i've played for middle world cobras i've played for the brockton buccaneers i played for the plymouth outlaws i've played for the taunton gladiators is that who you retired with no i should have retired with them but uh i was at the point in my career where I felt like I just wanted to play one last time and I was at the age where the younger guys were better, faster, right. stronger. Um, but I started five games for Brockton last year and my last year I only played five position? Uh, left, tackle. left tackle. So I started le- five games for left tackle last year um, and then I played one game in the playoffs and I got hurt halfway through that game mm. and that was the last time I played. Um, they're already in week three right now this year so I haven't even attended the game yet. No, um, but I was try to get one. Yeah, playing football just basically released the aggression for me. Yeah, even, even after I got hurt, I went back to play, and against my doctor's orders, told me you're not going to run, be able to run again anymore. Da, da, da. So it was one of those things where I just wanted to prove him wrong. So I would say the year after um, I got done with my surgeries, I um, was training for football, and I went back and I played football. I played for like five, six more years, basically, after yeah. the last surgeries. Damn. Yeah, so I'm done with football now. Okay. It's just real estate, building this empire, building it stronger, training guys to be better agents, better people. Is there anything that you want to finish up um, that we didn't talk about with that you wanted to get in before we finish? Um, I, I think maybe just uh, just leaving a quick story. Um, so I have an agent here in my office. Um. I basically had a meeting last November when I did my goals. I actually set goals for other people on my team. Um, and he wanted to quit. He said, well, I can't do that. I said, and this was the goal, sell 12 houses to stay on board. Right? So basically I was going to give you a pink slip if you didn't right. this year. November meeting. He's like, no way. I might as well just quit now. I can't do this. Da da da. I said, Jojo, you can do this. This is what you got to do every day. This is what you got to break your hours down. You got to organize your time. You got to figure out what you got to do 
every year, every month, every week, every day, every hour, every minute to get to those goals. Um, so yesterday, what's it? What's today? Wednesday, Tuesday? I forget. I just uh, Tuesday. 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 Yeah, I just flew in. So yesterday, yesterday and yesterday was July. Is it okay if I say a date? Yeah, it doesn't matter. We, right, so, I mean, we I backlog these, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So yesterday was July 29th, and JoJo, the agent that wanted to quit because he didn't think he could meet the goal, closed his 14th sale of the year. <laughs> so I looked at him. I said, "And you wanted to quit, right? You didn't think you can do it. Why?" I was like, "So now you have five months. You can go take the rest of the year off if you want, right? Or try to do 20, right. try to do 25, try to do 30." You right. did 14. Right. So by my calculations, you should be able to do 28. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're only going to make more money for yourself. Right. So that's somebody that didn't believe in themselves. Um, got a little pep talk. And if you need somebody to get a pep talk, talk to somebody that's successful. They'll talk to you. They don't mind sharing their secrets or telling you what it takes to become successful. Right. You know, the saying goes, surround yourself with three successful people, you become the fourth. Yeah, you know, makes sense. Um, and he sees the work I put in, the grind I put in every day, and he's already accomplished his goal in less, you know, just over half of the year. Um, but when you put your mind to it, I believe you can do anything. And, and for me, it wasn't even about real estate. I could do any business that I want to. If I want to open up a cleaning company, I'll open it up, and I'll right. be successful at it because I know what I need to do. Right. Same thing if I want to open up a moving company or a landscaping business. I can do anything. I chose real estate because that's where I started and that's where I want to finish and I have a lot to prove and I have a lot to gain um, and I still have a lot of goals to crush. Like this year I'm trying to do 200 sales, which seems ridiculous to the normal pe person, but it's possible. I'll right. be at 100 tomorrow. Hey. I have 10 closings tomorrow, so I'll be at 100 sales for the year and it's all, it'll be July 31st. Damn. That's impressive. Yeah. It's a lot of work though. Um, you got to be able to want to put the time in. You got to be able to want to work. Yeah. You have to be able to differ differentiate what's important. Right. Like I miss a lot of weddings. I miss a lot of baby showers and birthday parties and cookouts and pool parties and nightclub parties and things like that. I miss them because my ulterior motive is to be more successful and to have a debt-free life where I don't have to worry if the market crashes. Right. You know, because right now I'm not worried if it's going to crash in a year and a half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here exclusively on the podcast. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, I don't binge watch TV shows anymore. Right. You know, like somebody was like, oh, uh, what was that show uh, with the freaking people with the swords and sh stuff? Um, Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. Never watched an episode. I did. I've never watched one episode. After that last season, I don't think you missed much. But that's the thing, though. That's <laughs> one of those, when I'm 60, right. like, you know what? Let me watch some Game of Thrones. I'll binge right. watch it then when I got nothing else to do. But right, right now, I got so much to do and so much goals that I want to accomplish and so much on my plate. All that other stuff doesn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? Somebody tells me, like, oh, hey, we're all getting together Friday at 4 o'clock after work. Da -da -da -da. Well, my day ends at 8. So what does 4 o'clock have to do with me? Right. I was listening to, I think it was, uh, I think it was the joe rogan experience he had wiz khalifa on of all people and i love wiz um i think i caught a few clips of that on facebook yeah and so he was asking about uh rapping and you know wiz was talking about how he raps every day you know he's just he's constantly in the studio or he's you know constantly just yeah he's rapping. working on his crap right and so with like 
with anything, you know? And so I took that and I was thinking about like this podcast and I was working on my podcast, but this was a couple months ago when I saw that interview. Um, and so I heard that interview and I was like, you know, he's right. And so I started working on the show every day. And so every day I would work on it, even if it was just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I took that, that and that's kind of like what you're saying. Like you should just work every day at what you want to do. The, the best Michael Jordan become the greatest because he just woke up and was the greatest. He right. worked on his shot every day. He worked on his dribble. Right. He worked on his defense. Right. Every day I come here and work on my Facebook. Yeah. I work on my jokes. Is I that, work on my marketing. So that's that primarily where people can find you is the Facebook. My Facebook page is public. It's open to anybody to follow. It's open to anybody to add me as a friend. Do you want to say that so people know? So it's Lewis Martins. Okay. L U I S. No O. No E W. L U I S Martins. M A R T I N S. You please just if you if you're out of state. Just click the follow button. You're going to get the same content as you would if you were my friend. I just don't want to, you know, add all these friends that right. I don't know and then take up space from actual people that want to connect with me and right. come meet with me. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I work on this every day. Right. I mean, I've, I've been told, you know, how, how can you do this? How are you able to do this many sales? There's not enough time in the day. Well... I put the people in place. I surround myself with good workers and good employees and a marketing director and a transaction coordinator and a manager, you know, um, but I still meet with all my clients face to face. Um, That's definitely important. But a lot of times the, the problem is nowadays, and this is different from when I first grew up, everybody wants their instant result. I'm going to open up a landscape company and they immediately want the next day their phones to ring, but they don't know how to make it ring. You know, they immediately want you to recommend them to their friends, but you've never even done anything for me. Right. You know, if I was a landscaper, I'd go cut 20 lawns for free in a day. Leave my card. Hey, I did this for free. If, you, if you're interested in me coming back, here's my card. How many people out of those 20 do you think would call you? Right. You know what I mean? Do that every day for a month. And then at the end of that month, you're going to have 20 new clients at least. Yeah. But nobody's willing to do the free work. Right. Nobody's willing to put in that time. Legit, yeah. think about it. Yeah. If somebody just cut your mom's lawn and was like, hey, it's 25 bucks every time I come back. Right. You don't think your mom would be like, call that guy that just <laughs> cut our lawn for free and have him come back. $25, that's a good price. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But nobody's willing to do that work. They just want the money right away. Hey, I'm over here giving the people a free podcast. Exactly. So. <laughs> but but yeah, you know what? You're giving them some good information. And uh, the ones that are listening, that are taking it in and actually going to do something, which is maybe 2%, Yeah, that's good for them. The other ones, they're just listening because, I don't know, they have nothing else to do and they just want to listen. Right. You know what I mean? And probably, you know, one of those closet haters that will be like, oh, this podcast sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which it <laughs> I doesn't suck. I haven't had any of those yet. <laughs> I'm sure they'll, they'll be there. But um, So is that the only place that you want people to, to go to find you? Is there anything else you want to plug before we finish up? Um, I mean, honestly, uh, everything's through my Facebook do you have any um, like events or anything in the Brockton area coming up that you want to tell people about? Well, we just or? did the CV festival a couple of days ago. Couple um, of actually, um, we have um, I don't know the dates off the top of my head. Emily would know because she, she's upstairs right now. Uh, we're doing the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we did it last year. It was pretty fun. Um, we set up like a table and we give out. We actually give out the stuff with the kids on this one. We don't even bring Remax flyers or cards or anything like that. We just give out all the stuff, the, the toys and, and coloring books and crayons and backpacks for school and things mm. like that. Bring it to the Boys and Girls Club. I think that's in like three weeks. Um, 
that's the next event. I just can't remember. But if you look up Boys and Girls Club, they'll have it on their website in Brockton. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I can leave you with one thing, just work hard every day, and you'll be uh, surprised at the results. And, you know, and just cut out all the BS. Right. You know, cut out the friends that drag you down. You know, you always have that one friend that always needs a ride, yeah. always needs to borrow twenty bucks, never right. pays you back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Always want something from you, but they don't offer anything in return. Right. Like, hey, can I borrow twenty bucks? I'll come take your trash out for the next two weeks. Right. Cool. Here, here's twenty. Yeah. Trash days on Thursday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll leave, right. people don't think that way. Like, yeah. I don't mind borrowing you money, but what are you offering me in return? Right. Right. Yeah. Because you know you're never gonna get that money back. So I look at it like, here's thirty bucks. I'll probably never see you again. So I literally just paid you to get out of my life. Right. Hey. You know. But um, work that hard. Um just wake up every day hungry you can't be um comfortable you know um and like i said i make good money i'm the first one here the last one out every day still right and this has been going on since 2016 you know like i literally could take a year off and it wouldn't hurt me at all and do nothing for a year i could binge watch every show for that year (laughs) but if you don't put that work in ahead of time you're not ever going to be able to do that that people don't think about when they retire at 65 they'll worry about it when they get there and hopefully social security will be there so put the time in now save 10 bucks a week and just put it away and never think about it i know it's easy there's apps that will like right there's an app that i have that it rounds up to the nearest dollar it's every time i i make a purchase it puts money in my savings yeah that's a good way to save Mm -hmm. and here's the thing like I had uh, I had I had five bank accounts at one one time like a couple of years ago because I didn't know how to manage like the um, tax money and the business money and this money and that money. My accountant helped me out, but at that time, I had one account that was my savings. Didn't have a check to it. Didn't have an ATM card to it, and it was uh, twenty miles away from where I lived. And I hate driving far, so that was my savings account, and I automatically came, took it out and deposited it, you know, through the AHC or whatever it's called, and. Um, but that's how I saved money that I wanted to personally spend on right. whatever I wanted. But people have access to it, they're never going to save it. Yeah. You know, saving it and not touching it is one thing. But if you have access to it, you're always thinking about, oh, well, you know, worst case scenario, I can dip into my savings right. and swipe and the card. Just, you know, you're never going to save it that way. Yeah. Even throw it into a CD or an IRA. Because remember, when you're 65, your parents are gone, yeah. most likely. Who's taking care of you? Right. You're going to spit out a couple kids that may not want to help you out right. when you get older? You know, so you got to plan for that, too. Yeah, I got an IRA early. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually putting away uh, uh, money for my son in his yeah. IRA. Yeah. That he won't be able to touch till he's 65. Yeah. But he'll thank me well after I'm gone that right. I did that for him. Exactly. You know, so. You don't have to, like, it's, it accumulates so much if you do it young. Yeah. It's just, and you don't you know, have to put away that much. Right. You know, put away a thousand dollars a year when you're when you start out. That's nothing. That's twenty dollars a week, for those that are trying to do the math. Twenty bucks a week. <laughs> you spend more on a restaurant. You spend more on Dunkin' Donut coffee per month. You spend more on cigarettes, weed, uh, going out to eat, going to the bar, paying for that VIP, paying for the parking to go out. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you're spending so much money in places that you don't even know that you could be saving a lot more. Right. And I do a lot of that financial talk with people in the office on how to save and. Look at them. Like you can look at my bag right there. That's my lunch. So I bring a lunch every day still, and yeah. I can afford to eat out. Right. You know, but there's a lot of people in my office that, and I'm not trying to. For any of them that are listening, I'm not trying to say anything bad. It's your choice. You know, you work hard. You want to eat out every day. That's your choice. Live your life. Nobody's right. telling you that's a bad thing. But don't come to me and complain that you're broke. When I can say, well, you spent two hundred dollars this week on lunch. 
mm-hmm. I spent 15 bucks. Yep. I, we spend like a hundred bucks, I think on groceries right. and then I bring a lunch every day. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I, it's healthier. I pack my lunches for the whole week. Right. You know, uh, I don't smoke anymore, right. which is a good thing. You so quit cigarettes? Yeah, just a vape now. Nice. Congratulations. Um, you know, like Dunkin' Donut Coffee. It's probably not big where you're where you're living now, but no, no, they don't have. They have are, espresso stands. I w- That's what you should get on. You that espresso stands, man. It, it's just a little, tiny little stand, two sided window. You pull up, bomb coffee, and then you go. They have bikini baristas too. If you if you're yeah. into that type of thing, so nice. Pull up a girls and like it's not even a bikini. Well, I'm, a, it's usually I'm juicing day, these days during the day, so you're juicing. Yeah, nice. Um. But people around here will spend three to five dollars a day on one coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Right. When you can buy your own coffee maker, own coffee. buy a pound of coffee for fifteen bucks, and it usually tastes better. It tastes better, right? And you can have as much as you want. Whatever you don't use, you put it in your refrigerator for iced coffee, right? Right. And now you're spending sixteen dollars a month between coffee and the filters. Yeah. Instead of twenty five dollars or forty dollars a week. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah, it all it adds up. Adds like up. you got to pinch all the pennies wherever you can. You know what I mean? And I was never like that. I was just like, oh, it's $20, no problem. Here you go. It's 20 yeah. to get in. Oh, it's $50 for the doorman, no problem. It's like, but had I cut out, I probably spent as much as I made partying and doing stupid stuff. And uh, that's where I went wrong, I feel like. Uh, didn't wasn't more conscientious about what right. I was doing. And uh, I was always, I've always felt like I was going to miss something. Like, oh my God, if I don't right, go out like Thursday, Friday, Friday Saturday, Sunday, like we used to. Right. You're yeah, miss I think, out on a was it Wednesday through Sunday or Thursday through Sunday? I think it was Sunday to Monday, but. <laughs> 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 well, listen, man, thank you for taking the time to hang out and talk to me. I think that, like, if uh, people hear your story, you know, especially if they're not in a great place, it's a it's good motivation to try to get off their ass and you know kind of turn their life around so yeah don't get depressed um, don't beat yourself over the head it's not your fault you can fix it yeah whatever you get yourself into you can fix how much debt did you have eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollars in debt okay. in 2008 so i think we'll finish off on that <laughs> right. lewis martins thanks for stopping by uh and i'll see you guys next week later all right and as always thanks for tuning into the show um, hop on to ittybittypodcast.com to check out all things Itty Bitty Podcast. Um, you can also check out our other show, Choice Notes Only, on there. It's our weekly music podcast. Um, we also kind of make, you know, inappropriate jokes. So um, if you want to laugh and hang out with us and, and hang out every week, um, check that show out. Um, check us out on Twitter at Itty Bitty Podcast and on Instagram, Itty Bitty Podcast. Um, and check us out download review and subscribe Uh, tell all your friends about us and we'll see you next week thanks peace